Good to have you back on a Monday. It is All-Star Week here in baseball. That means All-Star break for the Chihuahuas. All-Star home run derby tonight from Dodger Stadium. Futures game was played on Saturday. It was weird. Like, the Futures game was played. Nobody saw it until uh, 7 o'clock Sunday morning when MLB Network re-aired it. That's so, so weird. So weird. I don't know why they bury the Futures game in baseball. I do, they played seven innings. It's not nine. You know, there's a reason nobody cares for it. It's because um, the way baseball treats it. They treat it like crap. So it's what happens. But, hey, if you had a good weekend, I'm hoping you did. I'm hoping everybody had fun. Looking forward to today's show. Looking forward to spending the week with you here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Our phone number is 915-505-6009. That's 915-505-6009. You can connect with us on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso. Also, our free mobile app, which you can download courtesy of uh, our, our friends at uh, United Bank. And uh, then go ahead and listen to us in real time and chat with us while you're listening. It's the perfect way to do it. Perfect way to get right on in and through to the show today. Raul Melendez, the father of Ivan Melendez, is going to join us live in about 15 minutes. What a weekend it has been for the Melendez family. Now, Ivan, a... um, member of the Arizona Diamondbacks after being selected yesterday in the second round, 43rd pick overall. Yeah, this is awesome stuff. I'm so happy for the Melendez family getting a chance to be actually out there in L.A. for All-Star Weekend and for the Major League Baseball draft. They heard Ivan's name called in the second round. A lot of people thought that, uh, you know, maybe he could go at the end of the first round, but I felt like 43rd overall is so fitting for somebody who's one of the best college players this past year, if not the best player in college baseball for the Texas Longhorns. Ivan Melendez heading off to Arizona, not too far from the city of El Paso. When I saw Ivan a few weeks ago, when he was in town at DBAT, and I said, "Where are you? what are you hearing? He said, late first, early second round. That's exactly where he went, early second round. Like, you could not have scripted it any better, Adrian. No, you couldn't have. And I I love this because he bet on himself. This is a decision that goes all the way back to last summer where he elected to go back to Texas instead of going to Miami as a 16th round overall selection to the Marlins. Instead, he bets on himself and look at what he bets on. A huge uh, payoff that comes, uh, you know, with the signing bonus that he he will earn as part of being a second round overall selection. And uh, this is huge. I mean, he boosted his his draft stock in a huge, huge way in just a a little less than a year. Just wrote about it. I believe the uh, Diamondbacks could be the perfect fit for Melendez. Uh, It's up on the website right now, 600ESPNLPaso.com. Here's why, okay? You've got Christian Walker, who's batting 210. Granted, he's got 20-plus home runs, but they're saying he could be on the block. He's 31 years of age. And the only other first baseman right now that they have in that organization, depth chart-wise, is Seth Beer, who's 25 years old. Didn't hit well when he got his call up here to start the year in Arizona. Was drafted by Houston. uh, Has the greatest last name in history because, yep, it's Beer, B-E-E-R. And Seth right now is in Reno where he's played 50 games and hasn't really hit for them either. So truth is, is that if, and it's of course a huge if, but if Ivan is able to translate his success at Texas, to the professional ranks and hit bombs and hit, you know, base hits with regularity, the way he has shown the last year and a half, he is going to be a star in Arizona. The fact that it's the Diamondbacks, which means you can go to spring training in um, Arizona, in Phoenix, and go watch him at Talking Stick, which is where the Diamondbacks and Rockies play and see him there along with the potentially, you know, going to downtown Phoenix to watching him. Uh, you could not get a better situation if you tried for El Paso. So he's in, he's with the franchise. That's the closest drive to town. Easy spring training trip. And, um, you know, we have history with the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks used to be a double-A affiliate uh, when they were here with the Diablos back in the 90s. So we know all about the Diamondbacks. 
And a lot of El Pasoans make the trip to spring training. They make the trip to Phoenix every year, uh, Chase Field, and go watch them play. So this, to me, when you look at the organization, who's there, who's not there, you know, when you're in an MLB draft like every draft, Adrian, unless you sign as an undrafted free agent, you're at the mercy of whatever franchise picks you. And you could be blocked. You could have top prospects at your spot. You could have superstars at your spot. You could be having to change positions. There's so many things that could happen when you turn pro. For for Ivan, again, the way it's worked out so far, and and as I pointed out in the story, that's today. All you know, the Diamondbacks are one trade or free agent signing away from changing all of that. But at least as of now, it looks like there is a clear path for Ivan to have a chance to break into the big leagues in a couple of years. That's exactly what you want to see if you're a prospect like Ivan, who just wants a, a an understandable path to play, like something that you could kind of see, all right, maybe three, four years, if I shine in, in the minor league system, I will have an opportunity at first base. That's an encouraging thing to look at right now in the Diamondbacks organization. If he's able to develop in a city that's only you know six and a half hours away from El Paso, where he grew up, that's also really cool for him because he's close to his family he gets a chance to be still here in the southwest and so I like this move for so many reasons and I I just think you know a a lot of El Pasoans will be cheering more and more for the Diamondbacks as Ivan Melendez continues to improve in their organization eventually gets called up because we've seen what he could do at the college level there's no doubt in my mind that he could you know be a a great player in, in Major League Baseball so excited about talking with Raul and uh, hearing what, what it's been like for the family over the last year. I mean, let's be honest. Um, Ivan first uh, started coming on the scene over a year ago, was having a terrific year as a DH, then became a first baseman, then he became base. He took every award there is. And, uh, you know, the Melendez family having a chance to enjoy this whole ride. Um, loved the video of Colin Deaver, who was at the viewing party for them, the family. And that was uh, that was a lot of fun seeing their reaction when uh, when when Ivan uh, his name was called. Yeah, I love those videos too. You, just, just those uh, reaction videos, so priceless. I mean, it, it, uh, the first person that uh, caught my attention was the person who was sitting uh, to the right of the screen, and he just lets this like wail of a scream go or like shout go. And I love that because that's the kind of energy that these family members have when they get a chance to hear one of their own and, and Ivan getting a chance to play at this level. I mean, can you imagine? It, it, and that was the conversation I was having uh, at the time with some friends is, can you imagine just seeing a family member like that uh, getting a chance to change their entire life with one uh, draft selection like this? 100%. 100%. So once again, that is a major storyline for us to talk about here on the show today. Would love to get to your phone calls as well at 505-6009, our telephone number, 505-6009. You can also tweet the show. At 600 ESPN El Paso. Would love to hear from you uh, here on the program today. Uh, Meanwhile, congratulations to Cameron Smith. Wow. Shoots a 64 on the final day to win the Open. And uh, what a win it was. Very impressive. One-shot win over Cameron Young. Two-shot win over Rory McIlroy. There's going to be a lot of people talking about Rory. Uh, Listen, uh, he didn't have a bogey-filled final day. He just only had two birdies. It's as simple as that. It was a round of pars for Rory, and it's too bad because he played so well, 66, 68, 66, but that 70 in the final round is is what hurt him and haunted him, obviously. And for Cameron Smith, hey, you shoot a 67, a 64, then you bomb out on the third round with a 73, but you come back to shoot a 64 on the final day. That is unbelievable. And there was some terrific golf uh, being played uh, out there at St. Andrews over the weekend. Yeah, first off with Rory, it just felt like this was the one, Steve. I, You know, I, I watched the broadcast. I thought it was great. thought the coverage wasn't that good, uh, to be honest with you. I, I like, um, you know, I really like CBS. I like uh, ESPN's coverage when they do majors. And, you know, one of the things that I found very interesting was that when Cameron Smith was sinking those putts late in, in down the stretch, the crowd was like, 
not in it. They were no. like rooting against him. They wanted Rory to win. Of and, course they wanted Rory. And every time Rory stepped up to the tee, it would be all these kids, all these fans getting so excited, and Rory just could not sink the putts when it mattered. That was the problem is Rory kind of played as if he was kind of trying to protect the lead. You can't play like that in these kind of majors. You have to go uh, for the ultimate win. That's why I look back at last year or a couple years ago. I don't know. I'm not sure if it was last year, but Dustin Johnson at the Open where he just had that 20 under score. He just never, uh, you know, he was relentless throughout that round. That's how you win a major. That's how you secure that. So all the credit goes to Cameron Smith, who just simply couldn't miss a putt yesterday. He, he was phenomenal at 64 under. So many golfers shot in the mid to upper 60s uh, yesterday. That was the thing, too. It wasn't like the course played tough. Uh, a lot of golfers, a lot, shot under par. That's right. And you look at a lot of the scores and how low they were, Steve. I don't know if it's technology catching up with the sport. I'm not sure if it's just a lot better short game from some of these guys. But, yeah, we're seeing scores like we've never seen before. I mean, you know, eight under for Smith, seven under for Cameron Young, uh, five under for Tommy Fleetwood, um, six under for Brian um, Harmon. And then you just go down the list. Dustin Johnson shoots three under. Bryson DeChambeau shoots six under. It's all the final day. And Jordan Spieth ends up with four under par. Like, everybody was shooting terrific scores. And unfortunately for Rory, he shot two under. But two under par is not going to win it when everybody is beating the golf course the way they did on Sunday out at St. Andrews. Yeah, I feel like it's it's coming for Rory as far as winning another major for the first time since 2014. It felt like the entire broadcast tried to script it and try to get everybody excited about his possible major win, and then it was a letdown in a sense. Like, he, he couldn't accomplish it. He did not have what it takes to uh, to win it, it when, it, when it was down the stretch. And even Cameron Young, you got to give him a lot of credit because he was 17 under, hits an eagle on 18 to put him in second place and then pretty much pushes Rory out of the mix as far as being second in this finish so it was it was just a, a really entertaining weekend overall out at St. Andrews a lot of drama and uh yeah it all it all culminated in Cameron Smith coming back and winning it 100 percent 100 percent so um you know we got a lot to talk about on the show today take your pick we could talk about all of it but up next Raul Melendez the father of Ivan Melendez going to join us here on the program. Can't wait for that conversation to talk to the El Pasoan, uh, and we'll do it right after Charlie One gets us going with our first traffic update of our Monday commute. All right, welcome back, everybody, as we continue here on Sports Talk. A lot of uh, great stories making headlines over the weekend, but none bigger locally than uh, what happened last night. Ivan Melendez getting uh, drafted in the second round by the Arizona Diamondbacks. In fact, he met uh, the media today out in Phoenix. And uh, as we get ready for the home run derby uh, coming up in a couple of hours, very happy about uh, going to our 600 ESPN El Paso hotline and saying hello to this man. He is the father of the Hispanic Titanic. Yep, Raul Melendez uh, joins us uh, on the program. Uh, Raul, welcome to the show. Great to have you on board. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing fine. I mean, it's just, you know, trying to ride this emotional roller coaster right now, but you know, it's been pretty surreal, to tell you the truth. But oh. thank you guys for having me. Now, Raul, I got to tell you, um, as somebody who went to, to the University of Texas many years ago, a, a lot has changed since the early 90s when I was there. But watching you get the opportunity to enjoy this ride, really for the last year plus, because let's be honest, this all started last season when Ivan really had his breakthrough uh, with the, the Texas Longhorns. It just has to be one of the great rides as a father and a parent that, that you can go on. Yes, I mean, it's just, like I said before, just an emotional roller coaster. I mean, you know, it's what every little kid dreams of, and you're seeing your own flesh and blood go through it, and it's it's like surreal. It's like, man, is this just a dream? But Or is it really happening? It's happening right in front of our eyes, you know. So it's just pretty... Pretty, pretty fun, to tell you the truth. I saw uh, Ivan a couple weeks ago at, at D-Bat when he was working out on the west side, and I asked him, where do you think you're going to go? What are you hearing? And he told me at that point, 
late first round, early second. And it's exactly the way things went down. A lot of us were kind of wondering when we're getting to the competitive balance picks in the first round, would I even hear his name? But sure enough, early second, Arizona gets the uh, the, the pick. They make it. And uh, you have to love the video, uh, Raul, of the family viewing party in El Paso when everybody exploded after his name was called. Yes, it was pretty, you know, pretty exciting. You know, from from what we saw over here. I mean, we were experiencing it firsthand, but everything was pretty much live. You know, what you guys, what they saw there at the, I believe they were at the brew, is pretty much what we were experiencing over here. So it's you know pretty surreal. Like I said. Having the opportunity to do it in L.A. at the draft on site, um, I'm sure for you that had to make it even more special because it's one thing to be home. It's something else to be there where Ivan immediately gets interviewed. You can celebrate with him in front of all the fans and, and everybody else. That had to make it uh, worth uh, worth probably uh, the price in gold. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I mean, there's no word to explain that. I mean, it's just, I mean, you, you watch it on TV, you know, whatever, whatever um, sports you're, you're into, either NBA, NFL, MLB, you know, and you're, you're experiencing it firsthand and, you know, it's priceless, like they say, and, you know, just experiencing all. And I mean, it's worth, worth a more, not, there's no money that can buy that experience, to tell you the truth. Roll, does it make things a little sweeter knowing that he's going to be so close to El Paso? I mean, he could have gone anywhere uh, across Major League Baseball, yet he's only six hours away from the city of El Paso. Yes, it does. I mean, just because of the whole support system, that, as you guys can see, I mean, from everywhere from El Paso to Phoenix, we've got multiple friends. Um, the 915 that is backing him up, they can make that short trip. I'm sure a lot of people have made it to Arizona, you know, to go watch the Diamondbacks play just without having that connection. I mean, you know, we've had the Fernando Rodriguez. I, I guess I'll go back to Fernando Rodriguez from Franklin High School. You know, played for the Diamondbacks. You know, Almanza, Armando Almanza. You know, so it makes it a little bit more accessible so people can actually go and support a local kid like my son and others. So... No, I agree with you completely. And and right now we're talking with uh, Raul Melendez here on Sports Talk. Um, you know, it's it's now it doesn't really matter because it's it's a done deal. I'm just wondering, um, was the were the Diamondbacks uh, very aggressive in pursuing uh, Ivan these last couple of weeks and months? And had you been in in discussions with them? And and their scouts tell you that they they wanted to pick him if he was on the board. Actually, to tell you the truth, I they were, they were very honestly very tight lipped. I mean, because I guess you know, they were there were a lot of teams that were that had their doubts in Ivan. I mean, last year was him not playing in defense, and then this year because he was too old apparently. You know, I mean, and people people our age are like, what do you mean too old? I mean, he's only 22 years old, but you know, I guess the life expectancy of a professional baseball player is very short lived. That they want him to get there. I mean, ASAP, and I don't know. It's just. It's been very crazy, but they were very tight-lipped about it. I didn't even know, and that's where I was, you know, kind of anxiously waiting, just like everybody else, you know. And but now here we are, <laughs> you know, just living the dream for now. As much as a, I'm sure it's a relief for you to know that he's been drafted, he's uh, you know he's going to have a chance soon to report to the Diamondbacks and and uh, and and start his professional baseball career. Um, you talk about that roller coaster ride. You went to two College World Series in Omaha, had a chance to see a record-breaking season. He is a folk hero in Austin with what he's been able to do, and then parlay it into this. I mean, talk about what the roller coaster ride of emotions were like for you, just watching him play college baseball this season. You know, and and now culminating here. Oh man, like I said before, it's just been an emotional roller coaster. I mean, been living a dream, you know, a dream come true, you know, competing at the at the highest level, you know, in the College World Series against these elite teams that are unbelievable. I mean, loaded with loaded with talent, and just to experience it by itself, I mean, has been surreal. Wait, I mean, yep. I've just been emotionally drained to tell you the truth. I mean, after all this. After all this was done, after yesterday, I think I tried to sleep, 
but with so much adrenaline going through, I mean, I was just drained, to tell you the truth. Was it a tough decision for you not to wear the cowboy hat uh, yesterday at the draft? I was looking for that hat since I saw that on TV so much the last couple of months. Uh, but but you chose no hat yesterday. Tell me about that. Well, a lot of people, they were, you know, they were telling me, you know, wear that hat. And I was kind of like, no, you know, I need, you know, they wanted us to be a little bit more not professional. <laughs> you know, and that was a little bit more comforting, you know, wearing my cowboy hat out in the sun. You know, but here they wanted us to be a little bit more professional. I said, okay, I, I can I can do that. I can accommodate. So, But everybody expected me to, to wear that hat. I guess it become a little little icon, you know, if you were to say. <laughs> Raul, I'm curious, and, and this is a question that I'm sure a lot of El Pasoans are kind of wondering too. When did you first realize that Ivan had a chance to really become something pretty special when it comes to baseball? Honestly, I mean, I think I noticed it since he was young. I mean, at a young age, you know, he was not, not that he was like above and beyond and like all the talent in El Paso, but I could tell that he had that unique talent, you know, that God-given ability. And he was, you know, always one of the upper-level players in El Paso. And ever since, I was like, man, I think my son can... He can do this. He can. I think he can compete at the next level, and sure enough, he, you know, he was able to do it. Did so he far, play? He's able to do it. Did he play a lot of travel ball as a kid, or did you stick mostly to the leagues here locally, and then you know high school from there? A combination of both. I mean, he did a lot of local. You know, on the east side, he played here on the west side at Southwest, which was back in the day when was from. And we did some travel ball, you know, but nothing extensive. You know, like some of these other kids that that play, that play for Team USA, or they go to these big game um, tournaments or showcases. You know, Ivan didn't really do that. So he was kind of underexposed, shall we say. And then, like he said, under under-recruited. <clears throat> but it's, you know, just came with the territory, and I think we chose that route. And I think for the outcome, I mean, I think it's been the best, to tell you the truth. And he also played a lot of high school ball, summer ball. You know, so just a combination of everything, honestly, so... Well, what uh, also impressed me so much uh, with, with your son is there's no ego. And, and you know, when you've had the kind of success he's had and been able to do the kind of things he's done, especially in Austin at UT, a lot of that could sometimes go to your head and even change you. And when I was around him the whole time, whether it was uh, here locally or interviewing him, I always felt like very, very humble in somebody that really hasn't allowed his success to really change him and, and who he is. Right. And I think he's remained the same. I mean, he, Ivan is one, one of those kids that really, really doesn't like that spotlight shining on him. He'd rather it be shining on his teammates. And he's been that since a little kid. Um, you know, that's just been... I guess my wife and I, you know, how we've raised him, you know, just stay humble, you know, acknowledge everybody. And at the end of the day, you're becoming an ambassador to, to the city and to these little kids. And they look up to you. And I think he's taking it in full stride. Raul, I got a two-part question for you. Reflecting back to last summer, how tough was that decision for all of you all, uh, for Ivan going back to Texas and, and uh, taking that last year? And then and now reflecting a year later, how much has that really paid off for you all? Oh, man. I mean, last year, you know, as a dad, you you know, every kid's dream, and you and I, you know, everybody has played sports. You know, when you're a little kid growing up, you want to play professional sports. You want to be a pro athlete. You want to be the next Michael Jordan, you know. You want to be the next Mike Trout, you know, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, my wife, I like, she told him and she influenced him a lot. Of course, moms, <laughs> sometimes moms have, have the last word, last say, and they're like, you need your education. So after we convinced him, you know, he kind of took it in his stride and said, it's up to you. You make that decision. But he was okay with it, making that decision. And like past interviews, he, he bet on himself. And again, here we are you know, pretty much has made the most success. I mean, had the most success, you know, of any collegiate player that I've seen here recently with winning all these accolades. So, Yes, you're going to have a very busy trophy collection in your house when you have to start uh, stacking up the hardware. So I agree with you there. Um, Raul, is the plan now to try to get 
uh, you know, to sign with the Diamondbacks, get that done as quickly as possible so he can get out and resume uh, playing baseball, uh, probably uh, going to one of the affiliates here in the next couple weeks? Yes, I think so. I mean, he's currently taking these summer classes. So, I mean, like I said before, I mean, he he does need to finish his, his education, and he's he's pretty much on on track to do that. But, um, you know, he's probably going to... He will finish it here in the next month, and then after that, we'll see what what negotiations are held with him and the Diamondbacks. And more than likely, I think he probably is going to sign and and move forward playing professionally. Now you're on your way to the home run derby out there at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. Uh, the fact that you've been in LA for all these festivities and now you get a chance to see the derby and the All Star Game is that just for you the icing on the cake as a baseball fan? Yes, absolutely. I told my even my younger boys, you know, Ivan. I said, you might never get to experience this ever again. I said, so cherish ever every moment of it. Um, you know, hopefully your brother will be able to, you know, be part of this. You know, as a player, but as of right now, as a, just as a fan, enjoy it. And you know what, what a way to go. You know, out here in Dodger Stadium. You know, and check out all these big name, big name stars that are playing right now. What's the latest right now uh, with, uh, with with your youngest? Uh, where is he playing at, at this point? My youngest, my he's uh, he's going to be a sophomore to be. He'll be at Canotillo High School. Um, he plays for Coach Almanza, and that's where he's at. And then I've got my middle boy, I mean, Zachary, that he's a Juco pitcher only. They call him P.O.s. He's, he was at Eastern Arizona this year, this past year, but I believe he'll be transferring out. And looking for a place to play here in the in the fall and the spring. That's awesome. We'll see, we'll see what happens there. Three boys, three baseball players. Uh, did you play a lot of baseball yourself when you were younger? Where did all this baseball come from? It's been kind of like a you know family tradition. You know, since my dad, you know, my brother Isaac. Um, we all went to Coronado. I unfortunately stopped playing right before I went to Coronado High School, which I now regret. Um, but I was myself. I was a a wrestler there at Coronado High School, and you know we just, you know, introduced them to our introduced the game to the boys, and ever since T-ball, and they've enjoyed every every moment of it, and you know it's been become a family family tradition ever since like Ivan was like maybe three or four years old when we started, and just move forward with it. Final question for you, Ro, and then we'll let you go. Uh, what baseball team do you uh, grow up rooting for up until now? Who was your uh, Who was your favorite team? My team. Well, the Atlanta Braves. Um, you know, they just—I just like the way they—they they brought up their their pitching. You know, the Tom Glavins, Maddox. You know, um, all those you know Hall of Famers. And now, I mean, as you can see, my my wardrobe is going to start changing a little bit. I mean, I have a little mixture. I mean, it'll be primarily Arizona Diamondbacks. I would expect that to be the case, and uh, as much as you've uh, grown up rooting for the Braves, yeah, I, I think that now it's it's all Diamondbacks, and uh, you'll be spending a, a lot of time in the Phoenix area, both for spring training and I'm sure during the year as well. So listen, enjoy the rest of the festivities. Thanks for the time, and uh, congratulations again on uh, everything that's uh, been happening to Ivan. What a uh, what a dream come true as a parent, I'm sure. Yes, thank you very much, Steve, and thank you, you know, the whole El Paso area, you know, for supporting my boy. And just like Aaron, Aaron Jones says, you know, 915 strong, you know, and hopefully this continues, you know, with whoever, whoever's up and coming in whatever sport. Great job. All right, Raul, take care of yourself and have a good time tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Huh? Raul uh, Melendez, folks, as we continue here on Sports Talk. 35 pass. Let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. Appreciate uh, the conversation from Raul Melendez and company. And um, uh, thank you for uh, you know giving us uh, a little time to hear what it's like for him and for the family. Pretty impressive, really, when you start to think about it, Adrian. And, uh, man, excited for him, excited for uh, Ivan. And love the fact that he said he's got a month of school left. Nothing happens till he finishes, till he gets that done. Then they can start looking at baseball. 
Yeah, I love that too. I mean, you know where the priorities are with the Melendez family, and I love the the conversation about how their decision. They're they're you know they walked us through their decision last year on Ivan electing to stay at Texas, run it back for another year with the Longhorns, and having so much success. Look at how much that uh, decision has really paid off for him in the long run. So I, I love this uh, all for the Melendez family. They're getting to, to experience All Star Weekend oh. in L.A., which has got to be uh, awesome. He was on his way to the home run derby right now and yeah you could just hear how excited Raul was no doubt as well as should be and I know you know in the beginning he kind of talked about a lot of the questions uh, about how it's been a dream for him and the family but then when he started talking about uh you know raising first off imagine this one pitches one is the college player of the year the other's playing right now for Almanza Canutillo it's like a little baseball factory they've got with the Melendez family. I like it. I, li- I like that a lot. And they did it the right way because they emphasized uh, college education. They also yeah. didn't emphasize burnout, which is something that, you know, unfortunately, true. a lot of parents here uh, in this city and all other city- cities, they fall into victim of having their kid play in way too many sports throughout the year, not a lot of breaks. And you heard from from Melendez himself. I mean, it was Ivan was in travel ball, but he, he didn't go crazy in it. But And he primarily played here in the 915. Yep, and look at the end result. It's pretty good. Oh, uh, by the way, we didn't mention this with uh with Papa Melendez, but the slot for number 43, 1.8 million dollars. Ooh, man, I yeah. like it. Okay. I think uh, that they're going to be just fine. I really do. All right. Uh, approaching 20 front of 5 here on Sports Talk again. 505-6009 our telephone number as we continue 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, 48 past as we continue here on Sports Talk. Our buddies, X minus one. Little ghost money for you. We'll have some new music from them later this year. I'm excited about that. 505-6009, that is our telephone number. That is 505-6009. Home run derby about a little more than an hour away. No chihuahuas till Friday. They're off for the all-star break. I have no idea what Hags is doing. Maybe he's just finally getting a chance to get out of town and enjoy himself a little bit, take a vacation. A little R&R, right? I hope so. I hope he's getting a chance to rest, relax, and uh, charge up for the last home stretch of the season. Me too. Well, I did not accomplish my goal of seeing the new Thor this weekend. A little too busy in that regard. So I still need to see Thor, Minions, Lightyear, Elvis, a bunch of movies. I got to be spending all my time at Alamo Drafthouse. That sponsors Adrian's movie reviews. Adrian, we got a lot to catch up on this week, don't we? Yeah, we do, Steve. I've got a great one today. Speaking of Alamo Drafthouse, you can buy their season pass. It's just $16.99 and watch unlimited movies every single month at either their west location at Montesillo or their east location off 375. You just go to drafthouse.com to learn more about that one. By the way, got a chance to see Minions. I liked it. Thumbs up on my end. It got it got bananas. I mean, Minions love bananas, right? Um, and then I got uh, and then I got a chance to watch Elvis, a pretty solid film too. So I, I recommend those for sure if you head out there. I need to go see Thor: Love and Thunder. Heard mixed reviews about that one. Have you heard mixed reviews about Thor? Real quick. No, I heard good reviews because okay. it came from my ten-year-old and my <laughs> wife. My wife likes to look at uh, Chris Helmsworth, and my son likes the movie. So between the two of them. Yeah, they were both uh, very happy with uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Okay, got you. Uh, my movie review today is Wall Street. Uh, this one I saw on HBO. You can also check this one out on Hulu if you have a premium subscription. And, man, this one was a lot of fun. I This is a fun one. It is. Um, New York City, 1985, Bud Fox, who is played by Charlie Sheen. He's a stockbroker on the rise on, on Wall Street trying to make his, a name for himself. And he's got this hero, his idol, in, in Gordon Gecko, who's played by Michael Douglas. He's a player on Wall Street. He's somebody who wants to, you know, he gets, he has a lot of money, and Bud definitely wants to work with him. Gecko ends up taking a liking to Bud, both making deals with each other, and Gecko actually wants Bud to start obtaining inside info, even if it's uh, he finds that information illegally on what stocks to purchase, what companies to side with, etc. Uh, things start to look up for Bud. He's 
Heist. He buys a penthouse. He lands a girl in Darien who's a former lover of Gecko. He lands a trusty lawyer who he gets a lot of information from in Roger. And then um, he even, Bud even convinces D- Gecko to buy the airline where his dad currently works. So things are looking up for Bud in a big way. But then things go south. Gecko starts to plan, plan uh, to sell the airline as soon as it peaks. In fact, um, you know, uh, Bud's dad, uh, Mr. Fox, who's played by Martin Sheen, he actually is faced with, deme- uh, he faces like a heart attack. And he's on the mend at one point in this film, too. Uh, and then, but you know, so Bud is trying to start to right the ship because he realizes everything is starting to crash in front of him. So he destroys Gecko's plans of of uh, selling off the airlines, and then he even uh, convinces Gecko's rival to buy the airlines at the low point oh, when it was on the stock market. So things start to kind of look up. It's kind of this weird dynamic on all ends. After all this, after all of this, Gecko pulls out of the airlines, but he tips off the SEC about bud who ends up getting arrested on fraud charges after he's out of there for a little bit bud and gecko run into each other in a park and then gecko he wails bud but but what gecko doesn't realize is bud's wearing a wire this whole time obtains information on him and Gecko's sent to prison. So uh, kind of ends in a nice way. It ends with... Uh, the bad you know, guy gets put away. Yeah, bad guy gets put away. Good guy's going to be put away for a little while, but at least the good guy's got a job when it's all said and done at the airlines where his dad used to work at. So, yeah, it ends in kind of a nice way. I got some facts about this one, which I found very interesting. Well, first off, uh, most compelling scenes throughout this film, you're not going to find many of them, but they're the the scenes with Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen, uh, kind of father-son. They're they're talking to each other. Those are the most compelling, uh, you know, nicer scenes versus all the greedy scenes with Gecko. Um, This is also the first movie in history with cordless mobile phones. Ah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Michael Douglas had so much difficulty uh, getting ready for this film, he had a speech instructor to help him with breath control. In fact, he needed help with fast-paced dialogue. The thing that got him through this film was 40 cigarettes a day. Are you serious? He smoked 40 cigarettes a day. Just to get into this role. That's crazy. I guess so. I, I guess so. Good Lord. Well, it paid off in a big way. I mean, Michael Douglas, probably one of the best villains you're going to find in movie history with this uh, role. Uh, he won an Oscar for it. This one was also, this movie was also released right before the 1987 stock market crash. Oh. So timely, a very timely film. Um, Steve, I give this one 8 out of 10 bananas. If you asked me, it, was Bud Fox a real person? Yes. He uh, served a short time in prison, then went off to work in an airline, and by 2010, he sold all his interests in the firm. So, there you go. Good job. I love it. A classic from Adrian today, Wall Street, as we wrap up Hour 1. Hey, we got another big hour to come. More on what Notre Dame is looking to do in the whole college realignment story. We'll get to that, and we'll talk more about who you like in the Home Run Derby. That's coming up in an hour on 600 ESPN El Paso. Underway. Welcome back, everybody. Final 60 together. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Together we're with you here. 600 ESPN El Paso. Our thanks to Raul Melendez joining us earlier, talking about uh, what uh, his family's been going through as his son Ivan was drafted yesterday by the Arizona Diamondbacks. I love this pick for so many reasons. I wrote about it today. It's up at 600 ESPN El Paso.com. Check it out. Hope you do. But, um, like, you know, it, it's exciting that he gets drafted in the second round. Don't get me wrong. But when you look at the farm system and who's ahead of him at both the minor league and big league level, you could not get a better uh, better fit if, you're, if you tried. Now, Ivan has to hit, and he's got to show that same kind of display of, you know, power on base ability loud contact but if he does everything he's you know did at texas and forget i mean if he is you know three quarters of that kind of player he's going to be a star in the game nobody's expecting him to 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 destroy the baseball the way he did at texas but as long as that translates uh to the wood bats and he's able to hit minor league pitching ivan melendez is gonna have a chance to have a really really nice career for himself
Yeah, and for fans of Ivan Melendez who got a chance to watch him make two trips to Omaha in the College Baseball World Series with Texas, they'll get a chance to watch him not far away from El Paso, which is so cool too. I mean, uh, you know, his dad was talking last hour about the fact that he's uh, so close to El Paso and a, a close support system that he actually already has in the Phoenix area, which is it's great for the Melendez family, great for the city of El Paso to root for one of their own, uh, not too far away from, from this very city right here. So I, I love that. Now, if you look at uh, their current affiliates, this is interesting. They're in the; uh, they do have a uh, a Diamondback team. It's in the Arizona Complex League. Okay, so that they have. Um, they also have a single A team in uh, Vesalia, California League. Then their high A team is in the Northwest League in Hillsborough, Oregon. The double-A team is in Amarillo. It's the Sod Poodles. Sweet. In the Texas League. Excited about that. One of the best logos you'll find. And then, as we all know, their triple-A team is right now in Reno, the Reno Aces. So those are the places. Uh, and, by the way, a couple of years we'll probably see Melendez in Reno in, in uh, Southwest University Park. That should be a reality. That's right, and you know El Paso takes on Reno a ton throughout their season, which is uh, another exciting thing for fans. So yeah, it's not going to happen tomorrow. He's not he's not joining the Diamondbacks tomorrow, but as he progresses through this system, as he you know gets better and, and he he moves up in the minor league program and and through their system, I think we're going to see Ivan Melendez a lot more here locally, whether it be at the Triple A stage, Double A stage, or you know at the Major League Baseball stage. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. So, again, excited about that. Uh, that story was the beginning of our uh, show today. We, we had um, Raul Melendez on at 420 for about 15 minutes as he was going, um, and this is exciting in itself, to the Home Run Derby. We're going to go to the Home Run Derby in less than an hour and give you an opportunity to um, you listen to the coverage on ESPN Radio of uh, this year's Home Run Derby. And, by the way, spectacular field i honestly uh don't you know I, i'm i'm as a met fan and he's already won it back-to-back years i think uh, it is going to be the uh pete alonzo show but you look at the way the bracket is scheduled oh this is tough i mean look at it this way okay number one you have kyle schwarber against albert Pujols. that's the one through eight battle so Albert's going to go in as the eight seed, which is interesting. By the way, how Pete Alonzo is not a one seed is beyond me. I mean, seriously. Um, Alonzo has won back-to-back years. How does that not qualify as the one seed in the Derby? Yeah, I get it. Schwarber's had a great year, especially hitting homers. But uh, why he's not the number one seed in Pete Alonzo, I, I just don't get it, Steve. I, You know, uh, second seed going up against Ronald Acuna Jr. I'm not trying to, to jinx anything here, but uh, Ronald, Ronald Acuna Jr. is fantastic. That's a tough yeah. one for your first it is. outing in this round. Uh, Acuna's the, the seven seed. Alonzo's the two. Then you have um, in the 6-3 seed, Julio Rodriguez against Corey Seager. That'll be interesting. Seager was the last addition into the Derby. Rodriguez is having a, a ridiculous rookie season. He is so talented. Seattle Mariners, um, you know, he's, he's going to be a star. And then Juan Soto and Jose Ramirez in the 4-5 matchup is awesome. Oh, man. With all the weekend's news about Juan Soto... What, what about if he came in tonight and won the home run derby, Possible. Steve? You know, boosts his stock just a little bit more for on the trade market right now. Declines the $400-plus-million-dollar deal with the Nationals, leaving Washington in disarray. I Yeah, that would be a, a, what a way to cap off a weekend. I mean, you could have Soto and Alonzo again in the home run derby finals. That could happen because... Since Alonzo's on the two side of the bracket and uh, Soto's on the one side, they could meet up in the championship. 
Uh, for me, Steve, I, I just look at Pete Alonso, the track record in back-to-back years. Even when everybody doubted him going into the first year, uh, him being um, you know not not even close to being the favorite coming out of that one, I, I just think that it's his to lose. I, he knows how to win this home run derby, and until somebody dethrones him, I, I could see him going uh, for a three-peat uh, tonight. A lot of people want to see Soto and Alonso in the finals, by the way. A lot of people want to see Soto and Alonso. So I think it could happen. But let's just say this. I mean, you know, this is not uh, this is not course. This is Dodger Stadium where the home runs are going to play much uh, more even. But as we've heard from Cody Decker, those pink uh, money balls are they they're they're juiced. Those things are going to travel very, very far here tonight. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the lines or anything like that, but, you know, whatever the home run derby total number, like the total number of home runs hit, I, I would always just say it's a it's probably going over that amount, especially when you're telling me that the money balls are juiced, uh, the, that's adding a little flavor to tonight's uh, home run derby. Yeah, this one I'm really excited about, being out there in L.A. I mean, I, I wonder if the home crowd will boo Corey Seager coming back to, to town. I wonder how they'll respond after just a, a busy weekend filled with a lot of news around Major League Baseball. Tonight we'll kick things off in a, in a pretty nice way. I think so, too. I do think so. And by the way, Pinky out in Santa Teresa, who enjoyed the interview with uh, Mr. Melendez, messaged us an hour ago and said he's picking Julio Rodriguez to win the home run derby tonight. Wow. He's going with the young blood. The rookie. I like it. Hey, he was he was picked for a reason, Steve. I know that there were a lot of people who were um, you know, d- disappointed that guys like Giancarlo Stanton and, and Aaron Judge weren't involved in this field, but it's a great home run derby uh, field and what we're seeing so far. And getting to see a young ro- rookie like Julio Rodriguez, I love that. I do, too. I do, too. 11 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Uh, again, 505-6009, our telephone number if uh, you want to get into the show. Love to hear from you talking derby and talking about uh, Ivan Melendez and what we've discussed uh, so far. How about the story earlier today from Dennis Dodd that Notre Dame is trying to get a $75 million annual media rights deal to stay independent. They don't want to go to a conference. In fact, their deal with uh, NBC expires in 2025. And they said today they will remain independent if, and only if, it can earn at least $75 million annually in media rights revenue. So um, that is really interesting. Now, you wonder, will NBC um, take it to that level? And that's another interesting question. So according to Dodd, for NBC to feel comfortable raising Notre Dame's valuation to that level, it is seeking shoulder programming. In other words, games played before and or after Notre Dame's games from a Power 5 conference to enhance its college football coverage. So that's how this whole thing is going into right now. NBC wants Notre Dame to stay, but they need more than just Notre Dame. They have to add a major ne- like a major power five to make it worth their while. Yeah, maybe that's the Pac-12 kind of waiting in the background with all of this, especially knowing that their TV rights deal is up in 2024. But then you wonder, is the Pac-12 going to still be around at that point? Uh, I feel like Notre Dame has all the leverage in the world, Steve. They they are the big domino right now. And as soon as Notre Dame falls, we could see everybody else fall. From the the teams remaining in the Pac-12 to other teams out of the group of five, uh, you're talking about Mountain West teams, even Conference USA teams, just for rumors and speculations and stuff like that. But Notre Dame... Game, using the Big 12 as leverage. That's one of the big points right there that I see right off the bat. Phones are ringing off the hook with this one. 505-6009. That is our telephone number here on Sports Talk. That's 505-6009. Now, what's really interesting about this, really interesting, is that the Big 10 is expected to announce a new billion-dollar media rights deal as early as this month, with Fox as its primary partner. And it's believed that the Big Ten is seeking two to three other partners to air its programming, with NBC reportedly among the bidders. However, 
you wonder that if the Big Ten essentially takes the Big Fox deal and the Big 12 is looking for a major network for its conference, could the Big 12 be the, as we talked about uh, a moment ago, the new shoulder programming for NBC and um, and their deal with Notre Dame. Because if the Big 12 takes the deal and they go to NBC and they piggyback themselves on this programming, number one, it gives them huge visibility. It also keeps Notre Dame independent. And if Notre Dame stays independent, how will the dominoes fall then? Because we knew... That if Notre Dame goes, uh, you know, SEC or Big Ten, then the chain, then the chain of events would start. But if Notre Dame doesn't go to either of these conferences and stays independent, does the SEC and Big Ten say we're done with our expansion and we're not looking for anybody else because we wanted Notre Dame? They're not interested, so that means we're not going to just keep growing. I think that's exactly I, – I agree with the latter because I, I feel like with the Big Ten and the SEC, the only one that they're waiting on is Notre Dame. And if Notre Dame closes its doors, well, why go out and try to get somebody else? Now, the Big 12 suggesting this weekend that they're open for business, not only to acquire more universities, but to possibly acquire more attention around the television um, you know, rights and, and what's going to happen as far as their agreement and contract goes for the future. That's what fascinates me. Their deal for their media – rights with ESPN expires in 2025, so a lot yep. could change for the Big 12 in the coming years, of course. 100% agree with you. 100% agree with you. All right. When we come back, Gator Richard. He's waiting on the lines. Can't wait to hear what Richard's got to say. First, though, let's go to Charlie Wan and get this traffic update. 16 past as we continue. Here on Sports Talk, 505-6009, that's our telephone number. Let's go to Gator Richard. He joins us here to begin things in our second segment of the hour. Gator Richard, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Okay, thank you. What's where, going on? Hey, where are you, man? What's going on with yeah. you? Oh, I was just uh, walking a dog. Uh, this old guy, uh, he's looking for uh do some work around the house. Anyhow, hey, nice. uh, I-, I got a question for you. Sure. World record for running a mile. What three three minutes forty three seconds something like that? Is that what the new is that what the current mile record is? Phenomenal, right? That's insane. Yeah, I mean you, you that's like running downhill full sprint as fast as you can for a full mile. My good, yeah, three forty three. Who could possibly do? I mean, that well, was that I mean, was one one yeah. time around the track. Let, let's do the math. So three forty three divided by quarter mile right right or one time around the track that's booking man you're you're running better than 50 seconds going around that track let me tell you something i'll be happy going 343 around one lap i'll feel like i've got i'm on good pace you know that yeah seriously that's i mean yeah you're booking when you're going 45 seconds to uh you know 50 seconds around that around that one lap that is that's that's like sprinting speed. You know what it's like? It's like sprinting and never letting up during the mile. That's that's incredible. Yeah, that, that like I said. So, reason I'm bringing that up, right? The average person runs what about eight minute thirty seconds. Are you the heck right? with that, man? If I run a ten minute mile, I'm proud of myself. I don't know about well, you, but I'm, that's I'm solid. just saying. But but average, I'm, yeah. I mean, someone, someone keeping time. Let's say, like these guys out of Fort Bliss. Let's say, okay, okay. So fair so enough. Eight minutes. So an eight minute mile. You know, and you're trudging along. Maybe you could do three or four or five of those together. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and, and then you know, at the end, maybe you can still stand and you're not completely smoked. Okay. So anyhow, I, I started thinking about this with with this Uvalde shooting that happened down there in uh in Uvalde, right? Oh man, why do you want why do you want to go there right? Man, now? I know, Seriously. but it's been bothering me. It's been bothering me. Yeah, but we're not See? the right we're not the right show to start talking about yeah. that kind of well, stuff. I mean that's okay. what you, you talk about All that right. over some beers or go on Facebook with your buddies. Or go yeah. on the Buzz okay. Adams yeah, show. you don't wanna that that's right. a that's All a good right. conversation let's, for Buzz. I agree with that's a buzz change, call. Let's, let's change let's change gears. Please, okay. please. All right. So 
Who do you got with this uh, home run derby? Um, I'm happy you're going there. So you have to understand this okay? I'm a biased Mets fan. Of course I'm going to three-peat with uh, Pete Alonzo because the dude's ridiculous. So I'll go Alonzo, but it's so wide open. I'm interested to hear who you're going with. Are you going with uh, young Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners? Well, I'd like to, but my guy's not even in it for some reason. Oh, yeah, you're going Shohei. Yeah, I mean, he did He did all right last year. I think he made it to, like, the next round. You yeah. know, he didn't get eliminated first at, first at bat. But uh, is Judge in it? No, and that's another thing that bothers me. I want the Judge in there, too. Or Stanton. Yeah. No Yankees are in there, which to me well, is crazy. I mean, those two guys, I mean, number one, those guys are, like, what, 6'4", six, 6'6", six, six, six each of them, right? 6'7". You know, yeah, and I mean, they're doing half swings and that ball's going up or deck. Yep. So I don't know why they wouldn't, like, show them the money. You know, they got to go Saudi Arabia on them and show them some money. Show them some money already. But, I mean, what do I know? So... Yeah, that's true. All right, so we'll, we'll keep your show non non political there. So appreciate that. That, that was a, that was my take on. I was going to get to the the you know like something that was said at the press conference when with the shooting here at the Walmart that the cop the, the chief of police said. Yeah, hey, I'm happy. I'm happy you stayed away from that today, man. Yeah. That's wrong right. show. Call call the queue tomorrow morning. Talk to Buzz, and maybe that'll be a discussion you guys can have there. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I doubt it. All right, man. All right. Be good. Anyhow, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm excited about some college football just around the corner, too. So uh, no one's giving the Gators a shot. You know, they're uh, everybody's, you know, on the Alabama, LSU bandwagon, of course. So. Are you surprised? Well. You shouldn't be. I mean, they, they had to get a new coach. Florida, you, you know, uh you lose you lose too many times to a uh, rival, okay, like like a Georgia, and not even like show up for the game. Seems like yeah, yeah, that I mean, happens. I'm I'm with you on that one, man. I'm with. I you. mean, it, you got to get rid of the coach at that point, even though they for some reason renewed his contract midterm. You know what I mean? They renewed that uh, that contract for that coach and. Uh, Hey, by the way, before he, he I let before I let you go, do. before I let you go, what's it like watching a game at you know in Gainesville? There, what's it like seeing a Gators game in person from a fan standpoint? Well, the last time I went, I had my head on a swivel and I saw a bunch of people that I knew. I actually went to school with, and that was neat. Yeah, that's fun. Okay, I agree with that. But and, I mean, uh, is the whole experience pretty surreal? Like every other SEC venue, is that? Would you say that's the same? Well, they're they're aggressive. I mean, I hate to be wearing like an opponent's, you know, jersey. I'm not saying that, you know, people are going to be throwing beer at you like they do over there at a college station or anything, but you know, I I just assume uh you know, go there and wear the wear the home team's colors. <laughs> yeah, that's a smart move. I agree with you. All right, listen, Richard, appreciate it. I get to another call, but thanks for uh, waiting through the break and thanks for hanging with us today. Let's go to Brian downtown. He's next, 28 past the hour, 505-6009. Brian, thanks for the call. Yeah, how about our president fist bumping? Oh, never mind. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you for not going down that direction either. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, yeah. that. I'm not going. I'm not going. Good. Hey, listen, I, on the home run derby thing, you know, yeah. it's 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 not a technical thing. It's a it's a touchy-feely thing. And I got no problem with the, with the people that are up there, although – uh, pool Hulse won't make it to round three. I mean, he'll be smoked after the first round. No way. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. And Schwarber's, I mean, Schwarber's your number one seed. He's huge. He's built for this thing, and, and he's a lot younger. And, you know, Schwarber this year has, what, 29 home runs, 58 RBIs. Not really hitting for average, but, yeah, he's he's definitely one of those guys that's built for it. And listen, I just hope that Pools gets out there, doesn't embarrass himself, hits some bombs, and has a nice little show. Me too. I mean, I loved having him as a Dodger last year. And I'll tell you what, everybody says you'll, to the man how influential he was on the younger players on that squad. I mean, he just, he really, he was, he was a coach in the, in the clubhouse, a coach 
in the dugout. I mean, he was just – they embraced him, and he embraced that team, and it was very special. And I'm glad he got to finish out his career, you know, uh, in, in, you know with a team that meant so much to him. I think that's great. Here's and that's, a- how baseball, that's how baseball should be. You know? so, so here's an interesting question that was just brought up by Caesar on Twitter. He goes, seeing Pujols in the home run derby brings up something I've wondered about. You're in the bleachers and catch Pujols' 700th career home run, but you're at Wrigley Field. What do you do with the ball? eBay. No, he means <laughs> – no, that's not what he means. He's talking about if you're, if you're in the bleachers at Wrigley – you're throwing yeah, that back. You're throwing it back on yeah. the field. No, you put it on eBay and you sell it for as much as you can get for it. That's so, what you do. so what you're saying is, if you catch 700 in in Wrigley, even though you're going to have the entire bleacher bums or bleacher creatures um, b- telling you, begging you, saying you got to throw that ball, you are going to just keep it and risk getting destroyed by every Cubs fan in the bleachers. No, you know what I'm telling you. I'd say that if it were 10 years ago, but as all of the players have told us over the last decade, it's all about the money. So, okay, if it's about the money, you sell it on eBay if you're not a big uh, you know, Cardinal fan, whatever. No, That's can. what I do. Yeah. By the way, here's another question, okay? Yeah, Poolholes is 15 away from 700. I don't think he gets. Uh, I don't think he gets close to 700. He has six home runs this season. Had 12 last year. I don't really think uh, Caesar's uh, hypothetical is going to have to be very big uh, because I don't think there's any way Pulse uh, sniffs 700 this season. I agree. No, I, although they're playing him like every day now. I know. I know. Which yeah, is the Dodgers crazier. didn't do that. Dodgers didn't do that. That's true. Well, anyway, let, I just want. I. I, I just. I'm sad uh, that Will Smith didn't get in there. I think that he'd have been a great c- candidate for because because he's got the stamina and the youth to do it, and he he's as good a home run hitter as we've got. But I, I just because I'm a big Dodger fan, let me ask you a question now: uh, Who's going to start for the National League? Um, wait a minute, you're saying t- uh, tomorrow in the All Star game? They announced it. Yeah, yeah. Who's the, yeah? Is the- it? Yeah, is it going to be Kershaw? Or no? Yeah, it's Kershaw. It's Kershaw against McClanahan. Oh, That's right. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that they announced it. Yeah, they did. In fact, oh, uh, when they announced it, you know, it really wasn't too big of a surprise. You had to figure Kershaw to Dodger Stadium. It made the most sense. Well, yeah, I was hoping for that, but hey, you know, you never know what's going to go down. And, and this is American League. This is baseball, mm-hmm. right? That's true. And then you and also is- have you also have uh, Turner uh, playing short and Betts in center. So you got a couple of other Dodgers on the field. Oh no. No, and and I don't, you know, Turner belongs at short. He does. Uh, uh, Betts does not belong in right field. Not this Sorry. year. Not this not year. Not this year. Nope. Yeah, no. I mean, but see, that's just the way it is. It's a touchy feely thing. It's for the Listen, fans. Listen, it's always it's been a popularity okay. contest. Remember, remember, remember back in the days, days when we would go to the ballpark and we would punch out those old uh, ballots and stuff them in the box, and they had the little holes yeah. by every player. That's that's how I first started voting for the All Star Game. Oh yeah, me too. I, absolutely, I, and it was great that the fans have some hand in it, and that's that's great. I think it's I you know I I'm sad that they only have one game a year now and not two. Yeah, I know it. I know it because if you had two, then you could then everybody that deserves to play should could play. Brian, always appreciate the call. Thanks for getting in. Later. Bye. Thirty-three passed as we continue on sports talk. We get one last Sports Center update. Here's Adrian with the, the latest as we continue. Same uh, discussion for just a second. All right. Now, my question is this. Let's just say, hypothetically, Notre Dame stays independent, gets their $75 million annual deal. No, uh, NBC goes Big 12, and they get their what they call shoulder programming. So they're able to now have the programming that's going to be kind of uh, piggybacking on top of those games. Um, does the Pac-12 stay intact? Does the Pac-12 merge with the Big 12? Does the Pac-12 take a couple schools from the Mountain West? Does UTEP then potentially go in the possible lead to go into the Mountain West? I mean, what do you think is going to happen if 
Notre Dame stays independent. I think that if Notre Dame stays independent, the Big 12 will be buyers uh, with your secondary tier teams. And it's going to be a, a, among the likes of Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah. They, they're going to look to those teams right there. Forget the merger. Forget any alliances out there because we we understand that there are no alliances in college football. I think the Big 12 becomes buyers. I think the Big 10 and the SEC are close for business. And, I, and that, that's how I think it shakes out if that's the case. So if the Big 12, be, why would the Big 12 be Become buyers in that situation and not in general. I I think they are. I think the Big Twelve, they they are buyers right now. But I think they're putting all their chips right now into some kind of a joint partnership with Notre Dame. So I think you do. Either way, they don't want to make any sort of moves until Notre Dame has made a move. Do you think if they're able to put this deal together, let's just say the NBC with the Big Twelve, do you then think that Notre Dame? changes their football alliance and goes from the ACC over to the Big 12. In football. You're saying in football? Yes. That? Uh yeah, I think I I think they would uh I, I think the biggest winner in that case would of course be the Big 12, no doubt about it. If it they, happens. If that would if that were to happen, they would take Notre Dame uh you know no no doubt about it. They would use all the money that they would get from Texas and Oklahoma to try to pay exit fees to leave early and try to send that all over to Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame um leaves the ACC footprint. It makes too much sense from a, from a standpoint of where they're located, cities and both alliances that uh, that they already have partnerships with. I think that I think they've got a good thing with the ACC. I don't think I don't necessarily think they're going to look to jump ship. Well, even the Big Ten. I mean, like Indiana's in their back, uh, you know, their their home state. You they got- don't want they want to be independent. ACC's already said you stay independent. We'll just we'll just align in the bowls with you. That's basically the way it is. Because remember, if you have Notre Dame in your bowl picture. And they're part of the package. If they're not in the playoff, it really enhances your conferences. You know, it just team these conferences want that because they know how many bowls want Notre Dame. So obviously, it, it benefits the conference more than it benefits Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying with uh, the Big Ten, if Notre Dame is not willing to go with the Big Tw- the Big Ten's footprint, if they're having some complications on the ACC side, or if there's not, I think Notre Dame just looks at it as a financial move. What's going to get them the most money, and what's going to help them build the brand of Notre Dame athletics uh, more than what it ha- than it's uh, at currently? I mean, look, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame last year in, in football to go coach for L. LSU. That's not something that Notre Dame wants to happen. They want to be the school where coaches leave and join Notre Dame for. How much bigger is the Big 12 going to be? Let's just assume it takes Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State like you just uh, like you just speculated, but the Big 10 doesn't grow, and the SEC doesn't grow. What happens to Stanford? Um, what happens to Cal? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think I... I think at that point, either the what do Pac, you do then? The Pac-12 becomes a Pac-6. I, I'm, I don't know about that. They, they don't have enough teams. They don't. You need have, you got you, you got to grow. And then, do you then? Does the Pac-12 take four from the Mountain West? Yes, I think that's the way that in order to try to salvage the Pac-12 at that point and go back to the Pac-10, then you have Boise headlining your lineup. You maybe try to convince a team like Gonzaga to come over, and then you build around and you make Oregon and Washington the faces of your conference with Stanford trailing behind those two. You got to put San Diego State in there, right? Of course, and then you you might even look toward a team like UNLV, yeah. Vegas. You, you look at Vegas, you look at Nevada, those are two yeah. interesting markets right there, and you really capitalize on the Las Vegas market. And then what does that do to the Mountain West? There, there you go. you got to expand the Mountain West and try to acquire all the Conference USA teams. Unbelievable, isn't it? It's crazy. The all domino right. effect that just Notre Dame could have. 100%. 20 in front of 5 as sports talk continues. All right. We'll get back in our final countdown in a moment. 